Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today is Wichita State University head bowling coach Gordon Vatican. Gordon is a gold-level certified coach, coached Wichita State to 17 of their 19 national championships, helped coach Team USA back in the 90s and 2000s, and Gordon was also inducted into the USBC Hall of Fame back in 2007. Gordon, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, it's great to, great to be on. Thanks for asking. Well, Coach, we wanted to bring you on because one of the things that we're doing here at Above180.com and with Storm in partnership is we are highlighting some of the collegiate players, collegiate coaches, trying to shine a light on some of the collegiate uh, activities going on in the bowling world because ultimately that's what it's going to take for everything to bowling to succeed moving forward. So my first question, Coach, is when you started back in 1977 at Wichita State, did you ever think you'd be there as long as you've been there? I mean, you, you kind of you, you hopped in and you took the position, and look at you now. No, I wouldn't have uh, ever imagined that. I mean, I don't think anybody could could uh, roll out a, a crystal ball and predict that. I, You know, there was uh, my job was really to run our recreation facility, which is an on-campus center, and uh, part of my job was to coach the bowling team in those early years. And uh, probably even, even more amazing is when uh, around 95, 96, the – Administration of the university decided to uh, extend an offer to uh, to me to be the only the head coach, and the rec center management job was actually given to my assistant manager. And when the two of us are still there today, so uh, actually two positions, manager and assistant manager, became four positions. Uh, those two were retained, and and uh, there was a head coach and an assistant coach hired. So that was probably more amazing. <laughs> now you talked a little bit, uh, Coach V, about you know, the, the administration side and the coaching side. What have you, what have you seen since 1977 that's changed as far as from the player side or the athlete side? Oh, well, I think everybody would, would probably chime in that everybody's a lot sharper today, a lot more knowledgeable. Uh, we've seen great growth in collegiate bowling, and uh, I think more, more than anything, we see more training. We see, uh, we see a real live intercollegiate sport where it's highly competitive both uh, – on the lanes and off the lanes for recruits and, uh, and training athletes ahead of time. I mean, it's, it's way, way more advanced than it was, uh, you know, 30, 35 years ago. Well, and coach, and I was looking at, at the site and seeing some of the stuff that the physical side of the challenges that you make a lot of your, your people trying out for the team do. And I think, I was just amazed. So could you describe some of that of, of you know, because most people probably just think this is bowling, and I go out and they, they probably bowl eight or 16 games and on different patterns and such, but talk about some of the physical uh, skills and, and sets that you guys measure and, and what you do with some of that and the endurance challenges you guys put the athletes through. Well, you know, before it's bowling, it's a sport, you know, and you can't really look to sport, and that's kind of what we've done. We haven't really looked to... Uh, other college bowling programs, we've looked at what defines sport, and there is some measure of fitness, or a lot of a measure of fitness in just about any sport you're going to pick. So it became evident to us when we started going out to these events, and, you know, college bowling, as you know, Steve, is way long days. I mean, you start early in the morning, you end sometimes fairly late at night, and you're on your feet, uh, you're into every shot your teammates throw. It's exhausting. It's, it's a type of mental and physical exhaustion that's just hard to describe unless you, unless you do it. So 
the more fit our athletes are, the, the more able there are they are to withstand these super long days. You know, we don't have a two-hour basketball day a game here. We've got, gosh, like 12, 15, 18 hours of competition in a weekend. So, uh, yeah, we physically test our players about four times a year. Um, just a basic kind of physical test, two minutes of push-ups, two minutes of setups, two-mile run, uh, max reps on the push-ups and setups, minimum time on the run. But more importantly, we're working them out throughout the year, uh, several times a week, very hard. Cardio, upper body, lower body, heavy, heavy into core workout for body balance, sports-specific things for our sport to help us play better, uh, have better balance, hit the foul line better. Uh, just feel like in a long tournament format, we get eight, nine, ten hours into a day, our teams are still in there. They're still playing well when the lanes are probably pretty dry and you're throwing hard and you're you're uh, you're having the loft shots potentially a lot of things that require fitness. We're trying to address that, and that's part of that accelerated training I was talking about earlier. Well, how how exactly you mentioned a little bit about the format and how many games you know that are involved. Is there? I'm sure a lot of people are going to wonder. You know, what exactly is the format like? Is it all team games, or is it all Baker games, or is there something else in between, or a little mixture of both? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a mixture of both. More than anything, we see uh, we see formats at least in the regular season. College bowling regular season really starts in late September and really runs to the end of February. And there is a, an abundance of of events across the United States. I in college, you know, we don't really have home and home meets. We have uh, major events, major tournaments that still dominates intercollegiate bowling play. But there's probably up to five, six, seven events on every weekend. That it's grown so much. Uh, but a typical tournament would have regular games where you would have five players in a lineup that add up their scores uh, to have a team game, and then you have Baker competition, which is a uh, condensed bowling format where the leadoff bowls the first and the sixth frame, and the second bowler bowls the second and seventh until you get to the fifth frame, where the fifth or anchor bowler bowls the fifth frame and the tenth frame. And we'll have substitutions in that, open substitutions at all times. Uh, so yeah, it's mostly regular team games, Baker games. We get to postseason. It's, it's still all Baker games. A 64 game Baker tournament determines, uh, the teams that advanced from a March sectional tournament, which is the first step in postseason to get to an April national tournament, which this year it's in Reno. So, uh, yeah, and it moves around every year, uh, or at least every, every two years or so. That's kind of the format, length of season, how uh, how the games and Baker games work. But uh, collegiate bowling, uh, tremendously exciting, especially in Baker competition. Nothing like it in our sport. Uh, the team play, the excitement, the spectator appeal. When people watch collegiate bowling, uh, they see a whole different side of our sport that they never even knew existed. Coach V, could you talk about some of the players from this year's team that that people are going to want to recognize that names that are going to be there for, you know, that are going to be there for years to come and people that are, you know, I guess you could say the, the rising stars, so to speak at, at Wichita state who people, like I said, they're going to see these names coming up for quite a while. Well, of course we're, we're looking for group or team success. So, uh, the individual success is, is kind of a byproduct of that. Uh, and that's kind of different for maybe good players coming in or, outstanding players that have credentials because they've they've played in pretty much a singles world at the youth level or even somewhat internationally but 
when they get to this level, it, it becomes how can I collaborate, how can I work with my teammates, all of those things. But, so the individuals, in, individualism is not downplayed. It really increases, uh, but through the vehicle of team play. So I think on our team right now, there's, there's a number of guys and girls that, uh, that potentially could be very successful uh, either professional players or elite-level amateur players. We say have several girls from international youth teams or adult teams. There's a girl from Columbia by the name of Laura Plazas, who is a freshman in our program, who we think will be a very good player for Columbia in the future. Uh, a girl from Canada by the name of Caitlin Tam, who we think will also, will also uh, grow and get get much better. She's uh, she's a tremendous athlete right now, and we're trying to increase her bowling skills. Uh, gosh, we've got a girl from um, Russia. She actually lives in Moscow, Russia, but she's really her home is the Ukraine, and she won the World Games uh, just this last summer down in uh, Colombia. Her name is Dasha Kovalova, and she right now is one of the finest players in the world. Uh, she's really, really getting talented. On the guy side, we picked up a guy that uh, I know Steve knows, um, left-handed player by the name of Matt McNeil. Um, Matt is an older player, but he's won three USBC Open titles. Uh, he's a terrific talent. He's an experienced player. He brings some age, maturity to our men's team. Uh, there is no age limit in uh, in college bowling. He's back to get his master's degree in uh criminal justice. He got his undergraduate at the University of Minnesota, Mankato. We think Matt is uh, obviously highly credentialed right now, but there's a kid from Canada, Francois Lavoie, who was on the gold medal trios team from the World Championships just this past August for Canada. First time they had won a gold medal, I think, in 20 years. So uh, Frankie Bold, we call him Frankie, he bowled the best of those three guys on uh, that trios team for Canada. But just a uh, just a tremendous uh, talent and potential talent, and I could go on and on. But, uh, we're we're excited to kind of stir this pot and get these guys to and girls to all work together and see if we can create great team success out of some of their individual accomplishments. Yeah, you and, and you mentioned uh, Gordon a lot about uh, a, a lot of international players, and I know back in the early days, I don't think there there weren't really a lot of people that were coming from outside of the U.S. to Wichita to study to get their college degree and to learn, you know, even, uh, even more about the game than they already know. What do you, what do you think spurred that on? Well, you know, it's, uh, once again, looking at what happens in, in most major sports uh, on a college campus, you're going to see an awful lot of that. I, I think in our, uh, our school, our tennis team, men and women's tennis team, there's only a couple of people from the United States on either one of those teams. Mm. So, uh, the, the attraction to, the international players, obviously, the college education, the opportunity to compete in a high-level uh, athletic program, and take those skills that they learn, take them back to their country's national teams and, and play for them. Uh, and that's that's happening more and more in our program. We're going to see more and more of that happen across the country. So, again, a very traditional, uh, you know, not a not a normal thing, but a traditional thing that we're seeing more and more of everywhere. So, Gordon, you mentioned earlier how you guys travel to these meets and they end up being long days. I think a lot of times what gets lost on, on the folks who maybe haven't bowled collegiately is how do you guys get from point A to point B? I mean, you, you mentioned you know off air a little bit about the fundraising, but just kind of talk a little bit about some of the fundraising that goes on, how you guys travel, the, you know, the long days and long nights, and you know, just what it, what it takes to, to make it to one of these events and you know, kind of put everything together. 
Well, you know, I think every coach will probably tell you how proud they are of their players uh, to put up with a schedule like we put them through. And our schedule is, you know, is a hell of a season compared to many other sports in college or certainly in high school where length of season starts, like I said, and really with us, almost the first day of school in, in mid-August and goes all the way to late April. And you talk to a football coach, a basketball coach, and they just, you know, they they just gasp because, gosh, their seasons aren't near that long. And and we we practice, we work you know, 20 hours a week on in a structured practices, workouts, uh, lesson structure, small team meetings where we work on sports psychology and team play. Uh, it's a full it's a full program uh, designed to improve players that come in at any level to be better. But the competitions, of course, typically on weekends, uh, it's it's the uh, it's not glamorous. Let me say that uh, it's uh, it's van rides if we're close. It's a lot of bus trips uh, if we're a little bit further away. Charter bus trips uh, to hold down costs. We will team up with other schools in our area that are going to the same events. So we can fill seats and make it a little more affordable for everybody and safer for everybody because some of these trips are further away and we've always got liability issues we want to try to address and get there safely for our athletes. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, there is fundraising that happens. Virtually everybody does a little bit of that. And that's for us, it's just to supplement, uh, what we have in a structure for our program. Uh, we bring in presenters to do educational sessions. We did that when Steve was there. We continue to do that to this day. Uh, and we try to bring in the very best of the best of our sports master instructors to kind of teach in their areas of expertise. And those, those added things, we use fundraising to try and cover some of those things. And uh, Storm just worked with us on a, on a two-week promotion, a ball giveaway. And, Steve, I haven't had a chance to tell you this, but that ended Monday, and it broke a record, uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, we got right wow. at $11,000 $11, in a two-week period. Uh, and, and Storm backed us with uh, some bowling balls that we gave away at our commercial bowling centers and in the Wichita area. So that's one of two major fundraisers we try to do, and uh, and the players are all involved in that, so we try to make as much as we possibly can kind of early in the season, and then we don't really try to do too much with fundraising. We want the athletes, obviously, to focus on their classes. That's what they're there to do is to be excellent students, and then, uh, gosh, then we'll worry about uh, the athletic side of this without having to mix in more of their time and fundraising. Oh, that's great. Well, that's, uh, that's good to hear. I'm definitely glad that we were, uh, we were able to help out with that. What, uh, what, I'm sure this is, this has come up, uh, as well, coach V regarding, you know, participation, whether or not Wichita state does or does not participate as an NCAA sport is, is Wichita state affiliated with NCAA or no? Well, as far as the university, of course, it's a Division One sport, and I think most people, have, you know, heard of our our universities as recently as last March and April when our men's basketball team made it to the Final Four in Atlanta, uh, and that was a huge accomplishment for our athletic program. Uh, NCAA bowling, of course, does not exist on the men's side; it only is a women's sport uh, nationally, and that's due to Title IX and gender equity and really universities that are. Trying to uh, trying to elevate their their equity numbers, usually because they've got a football team that they've got sixty or seventy guys on athletic scholarship, and they're trying to balance that with women's sports and and female athletes on uh, on a comparable scholarship level to equalize that gender equity. Well, Wichita State doesn't have a football team, so uh, we used to many many years ago, but we ended our football program in the in the late eighties. So. 
there really isn't a compelling reason for uh, our university from a gender equity or Title IX point of view to uh, look at our women's bowling team and say we would like to pick them up. So, uh, you know, from our from our standpoint, we're pretty happy where we're at. Um, we, we certainly are thrilled we're in our student union facility that is right now undergoing a $30 million renovation. Uh, we have been out of our area, our bowling center area, for the last 15 months and just moved in about 30 days ago. It's drop-dead gorgeous. It's wonderful. Uh, you can have a lot of fun in a building when you spend $30 million. So we've got a great, a great-looking facility, and we're thrilled to be in there. And we're supported pretty heavily through the Radigan Student Center, and uh, it, we're happy that we are. It's They have really allowed us to kind of get to where we've been in the last 35, 40 years. Coach, I guess next thing I'd like to bring up would be the mental aspect and the mental game of things. I know you mentioned a, a little bit earlier that you work not only on the on the physical side of things for the, the athletes, but the mental side of things. What are some of the things that you, you work on with a lot of these folks? Because I was a, you know, I'm 37 years old, so I was, you know, I, taking myself going back to high school and as I grew up bowling. Mentally, it's just a different day and age from when when you're that age where, you know, you, I mean, I even remember some, some guys who are on tour now where they would, you know, they would go through the, you know, face and leave the big four or leave a Greek church or something, and it would, it would throw their whole game off. So what do you guys do to work with the high school players and, and getting their mental game to where it needs to be to compete with you guys? Well, there's so much to that topic. Uh, we could talk for hours on it, of course, but uh, I guess when you really look at the at sports psychology and look at the mental game, and maybe not just in bowling but in any sport, it's it's really the ability to not be out of the present moment. It's really the ability to not be in the future, not be in the past, but to live vividly in the moment, at least competitively. Um, so it's it, that sounds simple to do, but you know what you just said, someone has a a reaction to a big split on a shot, where's their mind? It's in the past. Uh, as soon as the shot came off their hand, it's gone. You know, they could throw it absolutely perfect. They could have made even an adjustment before that shot, and they could still leave a huge split on a quality shot. You know, they could get mad about that, but why? I mean, it's uh, they did everything they possibly could do, especially if they threw it well. And even if they didn't throw it well, it literally went into the past as soon as it went off their hand. So the better we can stay here and now, the the better they're going to play competitively. So we spend a lot of time trying to live in the present moment. And that, that sounds weird to kind of say that. Uh, you certainly need goals, and we, we heavily look at one of the mental toolbox things as goals. But everything is accomplished in the present moment. You may have a goal for the future, but if you don't accomplish that in the future, you have to accomplish it, accomplish it in the present moment. So, yeah, there's visualization, there's uh, mental relaxation, there's repetition, there's there's uh, imagery, there's affirmation, there's all sorts of tools in that mental toolbox that can be used at the right time, but the end goal is the athlete needs to be able to stay in the moment vividly, and you, you look at other sports and that's what happens. We talk about the zone, that's where you're at, is when you're in the zone, in any sport, not just bowling. So there's a lot to it. Uh, it's not easy by any means, and it takes training, but we like the idea of mentally training just as much as we physically train. Hey, Coach V, I have, uh, I have one last question for you here, and, and since we were just talking about the mental game now, um, I know Coach Lewis has always been you know, a, a very, very knowledgeable person that's dealt a lot with the mental game, and what can you give us? I know a lot of people have been 
you know, thinking about him and, and rooting for him and his wife. And, and what's, what's the latest update? Well, real quickly, uh, things have, have turned in, into a positive thing, and I'm real happy to report that to your listeners. Uh, Coach Lewis and I have been friends for over 40 years and worked together for uh, for a great deal of that time, so this has been a very difficult situation for his family, obviously, uh, to uh, have his wife come down with this rare liver disease and have to have a transplant, and you know, she had just about every possible complication you could have from that. But here in the last week, uh, she's been moved from intensive care to a long-term uh, acute care center. They've got her up on her feet. They, she's talking. Uh, she's she's eating. She's doing a ton mm. of physical therapy. And from where she was at to where she's at now, huge strides. She is improving in in huge amounts on a day-to-day basis. So we're pretty excited Not about great. Mark's wife, yeah. Anita. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Let me tell you, because it didn't. We didn't know how this was going to work out uh, at one point. But the plan was to be there three, four days in intensive care, be released to almost uh, Mark Lewis's care in an extended stay hospital in the uh, in the Kansas City area where the transplant was done, and then after about three weeks she'd come home. Well, that didn't work out that way. It's been more like two months up there. So, uh, and and we're just excited that progress is being made. It's great. Yeah, we'll definitely extend our, our best wishes. That's that's great news. It is. Well, excellent. And Coach V, I want to thank you for joining us on this show, uh, kind of helping shed a light and, and really a uh, taking bowlers inside the Wichita State Bowling Program, which I know is, is one of the best programs in, in the country, frankly. So I want to thank you for that and, and helping open, you know, open your program up to our listeners here. And, and uh, all the best of luck this year with everything moving forward. And we'd love to have you back on again. I'd love to be back on, guys. Thanks so much for uh, for thinking of us when it when it came to your your show. It, it's been fun. Thank you, Coach V. Appreciate it.